0: back to the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast show, where we discuss general health, fitness, and science. This is the fifth part of the special micronutrient series where I'll be breaking down the fundamentals of vitamin and mineral metabolism so that you can better understand its mechanism and subsequent impact on your well-being. I know you're gonna love this series as I've been working on this initiative for quite some time now. Whether you're walking your dog, driving to work, or doing household chores, you're in for a great adventure. We always talk about how vitamin C from citrus fruits help with immune function, right? Especially with all the COVID-19 times. In today's episode, we'll break down how vitamin C mechanistically works by donating and reducing electrons as ascorbate, which is its other straight name. You'll learn how vitamin C plays integral roles in collagen, carnitine, and norepinephrine synthesis well as protecting you from free radicals and reactive oxygen species vitamin c has many implications for disease risk as higher dietary intakes of vitamin c were associated with reduced coronary artery disease lower risk of death from stroke decreased risk of cancers of the gi tract and blood pressure maintenance there's a framework that i want you to get familiar with and this is from the electron donating and reducing capacity of vitamin C. Alright, so listen up, because once you understand this framework, you could apply this to the entire mechanism of how vitamin C works. So let's start from the left to the right. So I want you to, to think about this as maybe like a number line that you have seen in like kindergarten. So from all the, way to the left, you see ascorbic acid. Ascorbic acid, this is the most reduced form of vitamin C. And then it gets oxidized once up to the right to ascorbate. Ascorbate gets oxidized once more to a radical and then once more ultimately to the most to the most oxidized form which is dehydroascorbic acid. Oxidation happens in the exact reverse pathway so if dehydroascorbic acid wants to get fully oxidized right it becomes um, or fully reduced, it becomes ascorbic acid. Okay. So the ascorbic, uh, yeah, the radical and the dehydroscorbic acid are rapidly reduced in the ascorbate recycling because ascorbate has two electrons available for donation. The ascorbyl radical is actually really stable despite having an, like, unpaired electron as a radical species which makes it an excellent oct- anti- antioxidant to be an electron donor in biological systems, which is why I always hear that vitamin C is great for immunity. Once you understand this framework, which I'm sure you definitely do now, everything else will be a piece of cake for you. By the way, did you know that other mammals, except humans of course, can synthesize ascorbic acid in their liver or kidney by coupling the synthesis with glycogenolysis? And basically, they make ascorbic acid from glucose. And humans can't do this because we don't have that last enzyme. Last enzyme is like a whole mouthful. It's called actone oxidase, And this is basically the yeah, last enzyme in this biosynthetic pathway to make um, ascorbic acid. And our gene for this enzyme has unfortunately undergone substantial mutation. And in order to actually get ascorbic acid, we have to eat it through our diet in some way, shape, or form, All right? One more practical thing. The absorption of ascorbate and the hydroascorbic acid can vary based on where it is, right? So for example, ascorbate, it is transported by this, we call like a transporter called, uh, sbct and it's highly specific to ascorbate only whereas dehydroscorbic acid can be transported by glute transporters which also transport glucose remember this can only happen because of how the structure of glucose is the derivative of vitamin c and one thing to note is that um near saturation of plasma vitamin c for humans is around 100 200 milligrams a day um so if you're taking like a tablet. like 500 mg or like a thousand mg you're kind of peeing away pretty good vitamin C and when you're at your saturation at that 100 200 mg per day mark right Um, it's distributed to circulation for tissues after it's filtered and reabsorbed in the kidneys and if you're taking like that supplement of like a thousand mg actually like pissing away perfectly great vitamin C because when the uptake of ascorbate is saturated due to high concentrations excess vitamin C will be peed out instead of returned to the bloodstream. Now, let's dive into the fun part, the nitty-gritty of the non-enzymatic and enzymatic functions of vitamin C. We'll start with the non-enzymatic first, which includes actions of being a reductant, antioxidant, and recycling of THB. So, we're like, vitamin C wears a lot of hats. As such, vitamin C helps with the absorption of iron that you get from Plants, right in a vegan diet for example and what vitamin C does is it? it keeps iron in its reduced form of Fe2 plus instead of Fe3 plus right and as an antioxidant vitamin C will reduce basically the bad guys the reactive oxygen species the ROS that are really detrimental that impair cell function and initiate apoptosis those are the things that we want to keep away because of harmful oxidative stress right And how this happens is that the radical that I told you about, that is almost near full oxidation, will find another free radical species, bind to it, and undergo dismutation to ascorbate, which is the more reduced form, and also dehydroascorbic acid, which is the more oxidized form at the same time. So you can see the radical in between um, both these things where it can reduce and oxidize um, to, its, to its different um, forms. Think back to the introductory framework that we talked about, right? And vitamin C, this is why it's the first line of defense because it's so capable of preventing that, that oxidation that can lead to many metabolic dysfunctional conditions. Lastly, right, we talked about THB, what is THP? THB is a cofactor needed by ENOS. ENOS produces nitric acid, which helps with vasodilation by smooth muscles. So that you can actually get that pump after your workout, if you know what I mean. When you have optimal nitric oxide in your vasculature, your blood, your, yeah, your blood pressure is potentially reduced, which is pretty awesome, right? And before we talk about the enzymatic functions of vitamin C, I want to mention that this like antioxidant network, based on vitamin C's like one electron reduction potential, is how ascorbate can reduce radical species formed after oxidizing vitamin E, for example. And um, this helps so that antioxidants can be regenerated and vitamins won't be lost, right? For example, like dehydroascorbic acid produced can also be reduced back to a more stable form by GSH, and it allows vitamin C to be regenerated relatively quickly, right? Pretty cool stuff that our body already has in place and always give thanks to how incredible our metabolism is. So, it's time to talk about enzymatic functions, right? We already talked about vitamin C's amazing ability to donate electrons. Let's discuss how it leverages its special properties to make other bio compounds and A key framework to keep in mind is that enzymes that require vitamin C either have monooxygenase or dioxygenase activity, and this relates to hydroxylation reactions that we'll talk about. As you've already inferred by the name, monooxygenases, right, they need one oxygen atom into the substrate, and also two copper atoms that ascorbate needs to reduce. Whereas dioxygenases need a dimolecular O2 for alpha ketoglutarate and iron instead of copper in their active sites. Right? And in order to make norepinephrine and peptide hormones, your monooxygenases need vitamin C. The former is driven by molecular oxygen to form water and hydroxylation of dopamine, where Vitamin C will be a electron donor, right? And for peptide hormones, an amide group will be added by the hydroxylation reaction. And both of these reactions, right? Just know that the two copper atoms in its active sites will be reduced by ascorbate for these reactions to take place. Right? We need to have these copper atoms reduced by vitamin C. And um, I talked about how, like, to make peptide hormones it needs the uh, uh, amidation and in this process there is a hormone called vasopressin that will be produced and set to increase blood pressure we just talked about how like enos gets um vitamin c to help out to to decrease blood pressure right and this exemplifies that vitamin c can be involved in mechanisms to both increase and decrease blood pressure so very wears um, very important hats so we just talked about how mon- monooxygenases need vitamin C to reduce the copper atoms, right? Let's talk about dioxygenases, where vitamin C is used to make collagen and carnitine, right? So vitamin C deficiency is often, um, so it can lead to poor wound healing because of poor collagen biosynthesis, which requires vitamin C um, throughout the mechanism, but basically just like, Hydroxylating and um, collagen by stabilizing its cross-linking peptides. And what does vitamin C exactly do? All right, so similar to monooxygenases, with vitamin C reducing copper atoms. Right. Now ascorbate will maintain iron in its reduced state, and the dioxygenases to produce to proceed with these reactions. Right. Another clinical effect of vitamin C deprivation is fatigue. this could be due to poor carnitine synthesis because carnitine is an amino acid that transfers fatty acids into metabolism to burn fat and get ATP for our body to have energy. Again, ascorbic acid helps with the hydroxylation reactions in dioxygenases by maintaining iron in the reduced state. Lastly, let's talk about scurvy. Scurvy is what you really need to know when it comes to vitamin C deficiency because of its associated enzymatic functions for example patients with scurvy often have cold hair bleeding under the skin and joint pain commonly seen and it's related to the hydrographic activity from collagen biosynthesis and you don't really get an optimal collagen biosynthesis without enough vitamin c and loss of norepinephrine synthesis and peptide maturation because of that deficiency may be responsible with the symptoms of depression in patients of scurvy and fatigue uh, because of the deficits in neurotransmitter and bioactive peptides we talked a lot about vitamin C a lot more than um, we expected to learn about this wonderful vitamin and that's all I have for you today about what vitamin C does and it's role in your body hope you've been enjoying these few episodes we got a few more coming up before we wrap up the finale of this micronutrient series and i'm going to leave you with the same message i leave you in every single one of these dear heart and the brain podcast episodes keep that brain sharp keep that heart healthy and go dominate thanks so much for your time and attention and above all thank you for your interest in science